Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Nothing is more exciting than violating the fire code at Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Um, my name is Karen Eichler, and together with Father Charlie Gordon, we run the Garaventa Center for Catholic Intellectual Life in American Culture. Um, this event is part of that, and it's also under the umbrella of an amazing program that only happens at the University of Portland called the Beckman Humor Project. A few years ago, a man named John Beckman uh, gave some money to the university and he said he wanted it to be used for programs that uh, fought the forces of evil through the healing power of gentle sideways humor. About a year ago, um, a young man named Michael Wode was sitting where you are and um, under the direction of Dr. Dave, David Turnbloom from our theology faculty, a couple of students, Jonathan Wiley and Kit Tobin, put together a program called Why Theology Needs Louis C.K. And we had about uh, this many bodies there, and it was one of the, the real highlights of our year. And I'll never forget that Dr. Turnbloom began his comments by saying, don't let anybody tell you that you're not a theologian. And uh, young Michael Wode heard that, because we're, we all wrestle with those great big questions of who we are and who are we in relation to God and to one another. And um, I think that a, a vein got opened in terms of looking at popular culture in, in terms of what it has to tell us about ourselves and about, our, about all of those big questions that theologians love to wrestle with. So Mike had had this idea for some time that, that there's a lot of material worth mining in The Simpsons, and then as fate would have it, and it's not really a coincidence, his high school friend, literally, from Columbus, Ohio, St. Charles Borough Mayo Preparatory High School in Columbus, Ohio, which, which produced both of our speakers tonight, thousands of years later and lots of life experiences later, they wind up at the University of Portland, Oregon's Catholic University, and, and Mike pitched his idea to Brendan and a great program emerged from that. I need to say that if you are a student who's here as part of a class, we will have sign-up sheets for you after the program at the back of the room under that painting um, by the uh, refreshments table. If you're a teacher who's here, um, a K-12 teacher from any school, we are able to offer you at no cost to you uh, PDUs, professional development units, and you get those simply by signing your name and email on, your, on the way out, and those units will be in your inbox within the next 24 hours. If this is your first uh, Garavetta Center program, welcome, and I, I know that you're gonna love what you see and you're gonna wanna, wanna find out more about the fast-breaking Garaventa Center uh, agenda, and so we have some of our calendars for the semester uh, out in the hallway. Next week, we have rock stars from the world of comics. You, you might or might not know that Portland, Oregon is kind of the epicenter of some of the best comic and graphic novel work being done in the whole world. And we have a panel of people at the top of their game, a collective Eisner Award total of, you need more, more than two hands to count all the Eisner Award uh, winners, that will be part of a panel that's gonna look at the question, uh, why aren't comics funny anymore? And that's going to happen right here next week. <coughs> We've got flyers for that, our whole calendar, and um, you can sign up for our electronic mailing list. We send out a newsletter every month that also also connects you to podcasts of all of our programs that we do, and we would love to have you um, as part of that as well. I think that takes care of all the announcements, and you are here to listen to uh, Mike Wode, of, uh, formerly of Corrado fame, now of Lund Family Hall fame, and Brendan Ryan, not only of Charles Borromeo Preparatory High School, but uh, Roxit at uh, Villa Hall and a member of the Holy Cross community. Talk to us about, about why theology needs the Simpsons. Please welcome. So thanks for coming out. Uh, my name is Mike Wode. I am the Hall Director at Lund Family Hall. I am not trained as a theologian, <laughs> strictly speaking. Uh, I do my master's in social work, and uh, I really like being a hall director. I'm Brendan Ryan. I'm a seminarian with Congregation of Holy Cross, so I don't have my master's yet, but I'm 
three quarters of the way done with that. So I know a little bit about theology, much less about the Simpsons. Uh, so Mike and I complement each other pretty well. Uh, when Mike was watching theology in the, uh, or when Mike was watching the Simpsons in high school, um, my mom wouldn't let us watch TV. So I really didn't see the Simpsons um, until Mike approached me with this idea tonight. So I've learned a lot. I hope you learn a little bit too. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually grew up watching The Simpsons as a family, even when I was like a very small child. But we just wanted to know real quick, uh, how many of you actually watch The Simpsons or know anything about the show? Quite a few of you. Do you know the earlier seasons or you only know the later seasons? Early, early stuff, no? Well, tonight we're focusing mainly on seasons one through 11. And I know it's going to be disappointing to some of you since there's been 28 seasons of The Simpsons, uh, or in the 28th season. Uh, but I think there's a lot of, like, we could do a whole um, conversation tonight just about why I would only cover the first 11. But for me, the, sh the 11th season ends with an episode called uh, Behind the Simpsons, like a behind the music kind of thing. And it's like, you're starting to get very meta, and I think the show is so um, a part of our society, society that by that point, by the 11th season, it starts to become a character of itself. So I have, honestly haven't really watched any seasons, like probably 13 on. I know all of the episodes from seasons 1 through 11, so that's why we're covering that. Uh, just a disclaimer. Well, why don't you show the clip? Can you hear okay? Episode 2F09, when he plays Scratchy Skeleton like a xylophone, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of uh, <laughs> a magic xylophone or something? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that one. Uh, well, uh, I'll feel this one. Let me ask you a question. Why would a man whose shirt says genius at work spend all of his time watching a children's cartoon show? I withdraw my question. <laughs> so it's a disclaimer. It's, a, it's funny in one point because uh, we are watching a, it's not really a children's cartoon show, but a cartoon show, which is funny. But also a disclaimer that uh, we're here to have some fun tonight. And we have some things that we want to say about the show uh, based on things that we believe or that we've read. Um, in terms of theology, but if our theology is not 100% sound, uh, don't, you know, don't get too angry. Uh, we'll just make, we're going to make fun of you if you do that. <laughs> so why, why The Simpsons, though? Like, some, they won a lot of awards. Uh, I think that just shows how uh, prevalent they are in our society, um, and that they've kept going for so many years. Um, so I think that alone is worth worth studying it. Um, but it's just, it's a good show. You know, it's a good program. People like it. Um, also, it's made a lot of money. So a lot of people have seen it. It's made over a billion dollars just in syndication. So that's just from reruns. Uh, so I just thought that was cool. Oh, so we had technical uh, difficulties earlier, and some of our slides didn't save. So one of them has to do with why? Yeah, so the, the, the title of this talk is yeah. Why Do the Simpsons Need Theology? And um, there was a study done by um, a professor at Cal State University at San Bernardino. Um, in the first eight, um, I'm sorry, he found that nearly 70% of the shows uh, contained religious content. So he spent eight weeks uh, watching reruns of 71, um, 71 I'm sorry, he spent eight weeks uh, watching reruns from the first 11 years of the series, um, and 70% contained at least uh, one religious appearance, um, and that there was religion as the context, like the sole context, of at least 11% of those episodes. So the question tonight that we posed is, why does theology need The Simpsons, or does theology need The Simpsons? Uh, theology in its root term, is the study of God. So, Theo, Logos, the study of God. Um, is the Simpsons necessary for that? What do we think? Yes or no, just before we get into it. Who thinks this, that theology needs the Simpsons? Raise your hand. <laughs> Mike, what do you think? I think you probably know which side I stand on. <laughs> Who thinks theology does not need the Simpsons? 
right, great. We've got a pretty diverse crowd. Well, I fall on your side. Uh, I actually, uh, talking about this to Mike, we were going over this, and I told him that I didn't think theology needed the Simpsons, and he almost fired me. Uh, <laughs> I think that theology benefits from The Simpsons, though. So while theology has done just fine in the first 2,000 years of Christianity without this animated cartoon series, I think that The Simpsons is beneficial to theology because it tells us something about how we relate to God, and it tells us something about how um, society portrays and society characters um, and society um, just thinks about religion, um, God, and um, moral issues as a whole. The Simpsons is a pretty divisive uh, show. So uh, one author said it ridicules the pious, lampoons the religious, and questions traditional morality. Um, However, um, they followed up that instead of sermonizing at the audience, this program speaks with them and possibly for them as well. So rather than sermonizing at the audience, the program speaks with them and possibly for them. And in my opinion, I think that's the benefit of a show like The Simpsons for theology. Another author referred to The Simpsons as insightful heresy. So insightful heresy. So although it it, it thrives on satire, character, and and irony, it does so with a keen understanding of the topics which is lampooning. And it does so in a witty and insightful way. Um, that really picks apart the spiritual and religious lives of American people and its audience. Um, and while it does folk pun, um, sorry, poke fun at religious topics, um, there's really no issue to The Simpsons that is unapproachable and that, that is off limits. Um, and that was important in a lot of the things that I wrote because that was kind of their defense. Is, yeah, we're making fun of religion, um, but it's not, it's not just to make fun of religion. It's to kind of draw attention to something else. Um, they also make fun of politics and, you know, consumerism and things of that nature. So, here we go. Evagrius Pontus, who was a desert father, said that a theologian is one who prays. So a theologian is one who prays. And St. Paul uh, taught us that we do not know how to pray as we ought. So we have to ask for the Spirit's intercession. Um, And prayer is an essential part of the Simpsons. And Bart, te- Bart Simpson teaches us a little bit about prayer. So here we go. But the setup for this is that um, in Bart gets an F in 1990, Bart has uh, nearly failed out of school, and he's going to have to repeat the fourth grade, I believe, um, unless he can pass a history test. So this is his prayer the night before that happens. Well, climber, I guess this is the end of the road. I know I haven't always been a good kid, but if I have to go to school tomorrow, I'll fail the test and be held back. I just need one more day to study, Lord. I need your help. Prayer, the last refuge of a scoundrel, a teacher's life, a power failure, a blizzard, anything that'll cancel school tomorrow. I know it's asking a lot, but if anyone can do it, you can. Taking you in advance, your pal, Bart Simpson. So in Philippians we hear, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In the prayer we just saw, Bart does most things that a praying Christian should do. He speaks directly and personally to God from the heart. Uh, He confesses his powerlessness, admits his sinfulness, voices faith in God's ability and power to grant his petition, and also expresses gratitude before, and we didn't see it, but also after his petition is requested. Um, So the prayer of the Simpsons is honest, and it is personal, and it's addressed to God, um, who interacts with them uh, often immediately, uh, but also uh, personally and um, comedically. Family prayer is an important part. This is a Thanksgiving dinner uh, in Bart versus Thanksgiving. Good Lord, we're especially thankful for nuclear power, the cleanest, safest energy source there is, except for solar, which is just a pipe. Anyway, we'd like to thank you for the occasional moments of peace and love our family's experience. Well, not today, but you saw what happened. Oh, Lord, be honest. Are we the most pathetic family in the universe or what? Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So honesty in prayer is important. Uh, the Simpsons don't always pray um, altruistically. It's not necessarily about a relationship. It's usually um, seeking something for, from God uh, or in time of crisis. Religious diversity uh, is a pretty um, subtle but also in-your-face theme in The Simpsons. So we have Herschel, Schmeugel, Pinchus, Yeruchin, Krustovsky, the son of Rabbi Krustovsky, also known as Krusty the Clown. Uh, Ned Flanders is an evangelical Christian. Apu is a, a Hindu. Lisa flirts with Buddhism. Uh, and Reverend Timothy Lovejoy is the Protestant pastor of the First Church of Springfield, uh, who's often used as kind of a, a foil um, for the writers to show um, and kind of point out some issues with organized religion. So religion, organized religion, uh, is an important and helpful thing in the lives of its characters. Um, we have all these things. But uh, The Simpsons uses satire to highlight the hypocrisy and flaws of those who preach and practice it in modern-day America. And Lo uh, Reverend Love Timothy Lovejoy is often um, the subject of that. So this is an episode on the uh, movementarians. Movementarians, it's a sect that temporarily seduces most of the Simpson family. Um, so here we go. This is Lovejoy's reaction to the movement This so-called new religion is nothing but a pack of weird rituals and chants designed to take away the money of fools. Let us say the Lord's Prayer 40 times, but first let's pass the collection. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like slim pickings today, Reverend. Oh, Lord. Uh, Try the emergency plate, man. <laughs> I don't think that's going to do it. So they set up this movementarian sect to show uh, kind of sometimes the ridiculousness or the unexplained reasons um, or the blind faith with which people often follow organized religion. Um, and Homer's not, amused, or not immune to that. Um, these diverse attitudes come together in an episode called Homer the Heretic, um, where Homer... So Homer uh, doesn't want to go to church, basically. So he comes up with a reason not to. Uh, and this is the result. So in that clip, we see a lot of things. We see Homer kind of complaining about what the, what the purpose of organized religion is. Why does he have to go to church if he's a good man and tries to do what's right? Um, but we also see God for the first time, that uh, God makes an appearance. And if you notice closely and think about these things, what this, the writers are telling us about God are a few things. Um, the first is, you know, God is anthropomorphic. So God walks with us and, you know, appears as a human. Um, God is faceless in The Simpsons, except for a few episodes. I think the purpose of that is intentional, that um, you know, there's no particular image or, or person. Uh, God can be uh, as, as people want. And traditionally, you, know, you don't show the face of God. Um, other things, God is not omniscient. So God doesn't know whether or not St. Louis still has a football team. Um, God is not omnipresent. He has to excuse himself. Uh, in order 
to go to Mexico to appear on a tortilla. Um, and also God is vindictive, so God um, gives Flanders a painter sword um, as a way to get back. And then, let's see. So God gives permission to Homer to miss Mass. I mean, Homer has a grand time, uh, or not mass, I'm sorry, church. Uh, my bad. Uh, it's hardwired to think of. But anyway, God gives permission to Homer, and um, then we, we see this. Homer has a grand old time uh, skipping church while his family is there, and he doesn't really see the point of it. Like, if he can skip church and still have a great time, like what's the purpose? And he has this conversation. about going to some building every Sunday. I mean, isn't God everywhere? Amen, brother. And don't you think that the Almighty has better things to worry about than where one little guy spends one measly hour of his week? Tell it, Daddy. And what if we pick the wrong religion? Every week we're just making God madder and madder. Testify! <laughs> My husband is by no means perfect, but he's a kind, decent man. Please show him the error of his ways. <laughs> he doesn't mean to be sad, religious lord. He just likes to sleep in on Sundays. Mark, come to bed, Mark. He's not a bad person. He just sometimes... It's good for what... <laughs> okay, so while uh, the next Sunday, while Homer's asleep at his family's house on the couch and his family's at church... Um, there's an electrical shortage and Homer's house is set on fire. So Homer automatically thinks that this is his punishment for skipping church um, until the, the volunteer fire department shows up. So that's, that's Krusty, who's Jewish, Ned, who's Christian, uh, Apu, who is Hindu, um, and Reverend Lovejoy, who's Christian. Um, they rush and they come to put it out. So Homer questions the value of attending church um, and his answer is kind of right there. His, his house is on fire until he sees, um, I believe the clip will show it. He sees Flanders' house also on fire. Sorry. We didn't get that part. But anyway, Flanders' house is also on fire. So Homer thinks Flanders is a good church-going person. Why do I have to go to church? Um, but just as Homer utters these words, a cloud forms over Flanders' house and water pours down, extinguishing the Flanders house fire, uh, but leaving the Simpsons fire burning. Uh, and then we see this episode, or this vignette. Oh, I have a feeling there's a lesson here. Yes, the lesson is... No, don't tell me. I'll get it. Oh, I know. The Lord is vengeful. Oh, spiteful one. Show me who to spite and they shall be spoken. <laughs> God didn't set your house on fire. Oh, but he was working in the hearts of your friends and neighbors when they went to your aid, be they Christian, Jew, or miscellaneous. About <laughs> 700 million of us. Oh, that's super. <laughs> you saved my life, but you could have just left me to fry like the proverbial pancake that I am. Only I'm so glad to hear you say that. Now, would you give church another try? I'll be there next Sunday, front row center. <laughs> there we go. So, Homer gets hurt church another try. Uh, but Reverend Lovejoy uh, replies that it's the charity of the fire department um, and not God's anger. That's the lesson to be learned. The house is saved, so is Homer's faith. Um, but I think the writers are making a subtle distinction that it's Homer's faith in humanity that's saved, um, and that's kind of incarnated, um, like God's faith in humanity. Um, so Homer, in all these, is kind of caricaturing the American spiritual wanderer, as someone called it. So people who are questioning what the value of organized religion is, and what do they get out of it, and what's the purpose of their being there. Uh, they're culturally connected to some religious tradition, um, but they're willing to look elsewhere when it suits their needs. And when times get tough or when they find something better to do, uh, that's often the first thing that goes by the wayside. Now, Mike. So that's Jasper. He's laying down the rules at the school because uh, there's teacher strike. He's a substitute teacher. So I'm going to lay down some rules or at least tell you why, why I um, landed on the topic I did. 
So when Brenda and I were deciding what to talk about at first, I was thinking that um, I just talked about The Simpsons and religion. Surely there couldn't be that much to talk about in this 22-minute animated situational comedy. Even though I'm a fan of the show, I didn't realize the scope of the topic and have concluded that I could spend an entire semester talking about The Simpsons and religion. Because of that, I have relegated myself to talking about the marriage of Marge and Homer, and even then, I think I have too much. So, these are some, uh, anyone know their catechism? This is from, these are some quotes from the catechism. Talking about Catholic marriage or Christian marriage, um, I think basically what you can get from this is that marriage is a, it's a good thing. It's good to have a partner or someone to go through life with, depending on what your calling is, if that is your calling. Um, I would say that uh, although I am a good Catholic and I read my catechism, I am a bad Catholic, and you should know, just personally, that I would extend this to all types of marriages. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, I really love the idea of the domestic church. You can go to church every Sunday, but it's all that time at home with family that will give you a good foundation for your sense of morality. Um, and the Simpsons do spend a lot of time together at home, uh, even though they are informed by what they learn at church. Let's get into some clips, shall we? The following clips are going to break down two episodes that focus on the realities of marriage, specifically in the context of infidelity or fidelity. Am I going to meet your new co-worker, Mindy Simmons? I think she has a degree in engineering or something. Hi. How's it going? Oh, pleased to meet you. Yeah, ditto. All right. <gasps> What's the matter? Did you never see the naked chick ride the cliff? Gotta go. What the hell was that? I probably shouldn't have eaten that packet of powdered gravy I found in the parking lot. <laughs> All right, go to the next clip. Here we have two clips that show uh, Homer and Marge um, being infatuated with someone else besides their spouse, which is not the best thing, but it's also uh, maybe closer to reality than you might know. I don't think a lot of you are married, but the ones who are would maybe get this. So we'll, we'll keep moving through, and you'll see. So this is Homer's reality, and then you're going to see Marge's reality uh, of their home family. life. What more can a man ask for? Hi, Homer. Don't kiss me. I'm all stuffed up. Hi, Dad. Hi, son. How are you? Dad, look. I made fish sticks. They're burned on the outside, but they're frozen on the inside, so it better... <laughs> Yeah, good. Dad, raccoons don't burn Let's have a little quality time together. Just you and me. Put your picture on a t-shirt. I got two dollars off because mine got speared. <laughs> Happy birthday! What? What? Here's your birthday present. Oh, isn't this nice? My birthday? No. It's my birthday? What did I get? I love. I mean, I think those are more extreme examples of when the home life isn't going all that great, but um, I mean, it's, when you are with somebody all the time, it's not always going to be uh, fun or romantic. I think that is interesting. Um, now we're going to move into, um, they each have a subsequent fantasy about the person that they are infatuated with. 
Hello, Hotline. I'm very tempted by another woman. Homer Simpson. Who are you? Elma, I'm your guardian angel. I've assumed the form of someone you would recognize and revere. Sir Isaac Newton. Sir Isaac Newton? Oh, very well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually Colonel Clink. I'm just assuming his form. <laughs> Did you know Hogan had tunnels all over your camp? <laughs> oh no! That's not why I'm here. My job is to show you how miserable life would be if you married Mindy instead of Marge. Ooh, I would live in a big mansion. <laughs> I'm so happy, darling. I as well. Are you happy, Jeeves? Yes, sir. Quite. <laughs> then we're all happy. Let's get out of here. <laughs> sure, life is good for you. But what about Marge? <gasps> Marge lives here? Madam President, your approval rating is soaring. <gasps> this dream is over. <laughs> <laughs> spouses um i think the bible probably gives lots of insight into what should happen um which is not always reality uh that's a lot of words you don't have have to read all that um uh, basically i like what it says in first corinthians about uh you'll be tested you could be tested but you'll never never be something more than what you could handle i think that's just really interesting and spend a lot of time talking about that but i'm not going to at the moment Hey, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, what do you guys think? Is he, are they going to cheat on their spouses? If you never saw the show, you might not have any idea. No. All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> well, you guess you'll want to come in. Okay. Okay. This is a really nice night, Homer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong? Oh, yeah, like you don't know. We're gonna have sex. Oh, well, we don't have to. Yes, we do. The cookie told me to. <laughs> A fortune cookie told him he'd find love. But they're so sweet. <laughs> to do anything you don't want to. Well, maybe I would to. <laughs> but then I think about Marge and the kids. Well, not the boy. He drives me. Homer. You know how I feel. So, it, it's up to you. Look in your heart. I think you'll see what you want.
This was a wonderful idea, homie. Hey, there's a turkey behind me. <laughs> specifically about theology or God, um, that kind of stuff, like Brendan did in the context of the show. But I think these things are a really important part of theology and a, a part of marriage. Um, love wins in the end. In both cases, they choose to stay with one another because they know that the fantasy is not as great as the love of their spouse. I think they demonstrate some great virtues here. I also kept coming back to this phrase um, that there's forgiveness at no cost. So when... Homer calls Marge to the hotel room, or Marge goes into the power plant. Um, both of them don't question them being there. It's just more of a like, hey, like we're, you're still in my life. Like We're going to make it. We're going to do okay. Um, they really could just hold it over their head, and I think that would be um, problematic. Now, I want to say that this is not, uh, it's not always the right thing to do to necessarily stay with somebody. I know that there are sometimes marriages that break down in ways that um, we can't imagine. But I think as far as showing what a healthy relationship can look like, yeah, they, yeah, they had infatuation, but I think in the end they made the right choice. Um, and I, I don't know, it just makes me think about a lot of stuff. So, uh, next slide. So this actually is from the homily uh, Father Charlie Gordon gave this past Sunday. Um, so just take a second to, to look through that and read that. So he's talking about how kings and bishops and prime ministers and artists can afford to be humble in our society because they are great men and women. They can be humble because they're not going to lose anything by being humble, whereas like an ordinary person who is humble with other people um, could lose a lot. Uh, I think that Homer and Marge show a lot of humility um, throughout those episodes and with one another as a married couple, and I think that speaks volumes to the show of The Simpsons. I think that they're very real people in the show uh, that show us 
that show us humility and all sorts of virtues. They also show us a lot of vices, I get that. But I guess for the when the show came out and it was so divisive, uh, like Brendan said, but I don't know if those people who were really mad were actually watching the show, because when I watch that, I see a really beautiful relationships between um, those people. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the fantasies. Um, so this is actually not from The Simpsons, but from a movie called High Fidelity. Uh, Father Charlie will appreciate this. Um, I love how they each had a fantasy sequence in their episodes, and then the clip from High Fidelity expresses my views on these fantasies nicely. I think in the end, Homer and Marge understand it also. So let's check this out. Anyways, uh, basically what he's saying is that, the, you know, we have fantasies, um, but, you know, fantasies aren't reality. And so, like, if you're in a relationship, in the context of that relationship, you can be very tempted by other people, but you're only seeing all the best parts of those people. You're not seeing, like, everything that goes along with it. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really important. And I, I think if you especially thought about it in terms of, like, um, young men in our society, always thinking, like, fantasies are maybe about like how to like I'm gonna get oh so many women this weekend or I'm gonna have all the sex or blah 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 but that's all fantasy it's not really part of relationships I think that's really important uh, but that's a side point it's a tangent um, let's go to the next clip hopefully we can hear this clip and if we can't it's fine um, this is about choices um, I, I love how they choose one another um, and in this clip a Catholic priest had fallen in love with a woman and the older pastor is giving him some advice. just talking about choice and the choice is like in terms of vocation so to be a priest you know it's something that you choose every day you continually um, have to say yes to God and I think that Homer and Marge uh, have to keep choosing one another even though things come up in their lives and I think that's I think that's really beautiful and I think the way he says it is better than I could uh, say it um, so we talked I talked a lot about uh, the context of the marriage in a very literal sense of just man and wife um, having a marriage and I think for me the connections to theology are pretty obvious with that is that um, if I were teaching a Christian marriage class I would definitely talk about how marriage is not you know it's not just fun and games like yeah it can be a lot of fun and you can uh, it can be romantic and it, but it's also you know you got to get up at six in the morning with your kid uh, who just threw up everywhere. So, and I think that's really important. I think that's uh, really tangible theology. Um, but we can also think about it in a, in a broader sense. This is mainly for Dan Parrish. 
Uh, Jan, save me, Jeebus. Um, I think if, if we think about Jesus as the bridegroom of the church and we are the church, then in a sense we are married to God. We are called to be in relationship with God, right? Um, I think that if we put ourselves in the shoes of Homer and Marge, at least the version, the versions who are infatuated, but think of it in the context of church, Homer and Marge, oh, it's too many words. <laughs> the Homer and Marge who accept the other without asking anything in return are God. So the Simpsons is essentially showing us what our relationship with God can be. And it's really wonderful. Um, God never asks for anything in return. He always asks us to come to him um, and to choose him, uh, even if we're tempted. Uh, he never holds it over our heads. You know, he provides forgiveness without any cost. I have a few more clips that kind of just bring home the point. Think of it in the literal term. With these clips, I want you to think of it in the literal terms of marriage, but also think about it in those terms of your relationship with God and the greater church. So this one is, Homer doesn't feel worthy. By the time you read this, I will be gone. You deserve all the finest things in the world. And although I can give them to you, they will be repossessed and I will be hunted down like a dog. Also, it has become clear that your family doesn't want me here. Shut up with that pen scratching down there. I will send you every cent I earn for the baby, but you will not see me again until I am a man. So Homer doesn't feel um, like he can, he's good enough for Marge. He just doesn't feel worthy. But this is Marge's reaction. I love it. My husband by my side. You want fries with that? <laughs> Marge? <laughs> Marge! Holy cow, you're as big as a house. Homer, come home with me. No, Marge, I just can't. I mean, look at me. I'm a trainee. They won't even tell me what's in the secret store. And I can't buy you a decent wedding ring. Any ring is fine as long as it's from you. <laughs> Marge, poor fool. <laughs> Would you mind if I took it off? Because it was burning my finger. Oh, sure. Homer, do you know why I married you? Did I knock you up? Because <laughs> I love you. Come home soon. <laughs> uh, I, I, in this clip, I really love that Marge loves Homer. That's why she wants to be with him. Uh, God loves us. That's why he wants to be in relationship with us. He's not asking anything from us. You, you know, you don't need to give things to God. You don't need to, it's just, you just need to love God and you need to accept God's love in your life. Uh, I have one last clip and this may be more of a stretch, but it's still fun to watch. Simpsons is a show that divides America. People have strong opinions on one side or the other, whether they're for it, whether they're against it, whether theology needs it, whether theology doesn't need it. I think the reason it's so divisive is because it taps into a nerve that's near and dear to our hearts, and that's how we worship God and how God loves us in return. Um, I think through all of it, through all the funny clips, through all the serious moments, through our, you know what we learn about marriage, what we learn about ourselves, uh, I think 
the message of The Simpsons is relatively simple. It's a family who's trying hard to figure things out, trying to love each other, um, and you know, along the way comes figuring out the best way to relate to God. Um, but I think the message for all of us uh, might be that we just shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. So. <laughs> um, I know for me, one thing Brendan Brend and I kept talking about was... Uh, you know, if theology is like to know God, I guess for me, why theology needs The Simpsons is because I I watch The Simpsons and I love The Simpsons and I and I watch movies and I love movies and I watch media and love media. And look, I haven't read the whole Bible. My wife has, uh, but that's not. I go to church too, but it's not really where I find God. I have found God through things like media. So I think that theology needs things like The Simpsons because it's a way that normal, average Americans can um, see God and see God in context. Is that what we kept coming back to? Yeah, it mediates God. It mediates God, yeah. So there, that's that's our conclusion. <laughs> I probably, I probably made you uh, Uh, we're open to have questions now. And if you need to go, just go. It's fine. Appreciate you coming. Yeah, thank you all for coming. Anybody have any questions? Four seconds. All right, I have, I have one last clip, and it's just because it's funny. It's one of my favorite jokes in the whole series. And then... Have a nice day. Well, you see, Mary, he's a lot like an orange. First, you have his skin, then the sweet, sweet inner. Oh, my God. I don't understand. If I wanted to see a man eat an orange, full of tech in the orange, he did class. <laughs> 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 Have a good night, everybody.